Chapter Eight of Callista by John Henry Newman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The New Generation. Jucundus then set out to see how the land lay with his nephew, and to do what he could to prosper the tillage. His way led him by the Temple of Mercury, which at that time subserved the purpose of a boys' school, and was connected with some academical buildings, the property of the city, which lay beyond it. It cannot be said that our friend was any warm patron of literature or education, though he had not neglected the schooling of his nephews. Letters seemed to him, in fact, to unsettle the mind, and he had never known much good come of them. Rhetoricians and philosophers did not know where they stood or what were their bearings. They did not know what they held and what they did not. He knew his own position perfectly well and though the words belief or knowledge did not come into his religious vocabulary he could at once without hesitation state what he professed and maintained he stood upon the established order of things on the traditions of rome and the laws of the empire but as to greek sophists and declaimers he thought very much as old cato did about them the greeks were a very clever people unrivalled in the fine arts let them keep to their strong point they were inimitable with the chisel the brush the trowel and the fingers but he was not prepared to think much of their calamus or stylus poetry excepted what did they ever do but subvert received principles without substituting any others and then they were so likely to take some odd turn themselves you never could be sure of them socrates their patriarch what was he after all but a culprit a convict who had been obliged to drink hemlock dying under the hands of justice was this a reputable end a respectable commencement of a philosophic family it was very well for plato or xenophon to throw a veil of romance over the transaction but this was the plain matter of fact then anaxagoras had been driven out of athens for his revolutionary notions and diogenes had been accused like the christians of atheism the case had been the same in more recent times there had been that madman apollonius roaming about the world apuleius too their neighbour fifty years before a man of respectable station a gentleman but a follower of the greek philosophy a dabbler in magic and a pretender to miracles and so in fact of letters generally as in their own country minucius a contemporary of apuleius became a christian such too had been his friend octavius such caecilius who even became one of the priests of the sect and seduced others from the religion he had left one of them had been the public talk for several years and he too originally a rhetorician thascius cyprianus of carthage it was the one thing which gave him some misgiving about that little callista that she was a greek as he passed the temple the metal plate was sounding as a signal for the termination of the school and on looking towards the portico with an ill-natured curiosity he saw a young acquaintance of his a youth of about twenty coming out of it leading a boy of about half that age with his satchel thrown over his shoulder well arnobius he cried how does rhetoric proceed are we to take the law line or turn professor who's the boy some younger brother i've taken pity on the little fool answered arnobius 
these schoolmasters are a savage lot i suffered enough from them myself and miseris succurure disco so i took him from under the roof of friend rupilius and he's under my tutelage how did he treat thee boy he treated me like a slave or a christian answered he he deserved it i'll warrant said jucundus a pert forward imp twas geet against britain much good comes of schooling he's a wicked one already ah the new generation i don't know where the world's going tell the gentleman said arnobius what he did first to you my boy as the good gentleman says answered the boy first i did something to him and then he did something to me i told you so said jucundus a sensible boy after all but the schoolmaster had the best of it i'll wager first answered he i grinned in his face and he took off his wooden shoe and knocked out one of my teeth good said jucundus the justice of pythagoras zaleucus could not have done better the mouth sins and the mouth suffers next continued he i talked in school time to my chum and rupilius put a gag in my jaws and kept them open for an hour <laughs> the very rhadamanthus of schoolmasters cried jucundus and thereupon you struck up a chant divine though inarticulate like the statue of memnon then said the boy i could not say my virgil and he tore the shirt from off my back and gave it me with the leather ay answered jucundus arma virumque branded on your hide afterwards i ate his dinner for him continued the boy and then he screwed my head and kept me without food for two days your throat you mean said jucundus a cautious man lest you should steal a draught or two of good strong air and lastly said he i did not bring my pence and then he tied my hands to a gibbet and hung me up in terrorum there i came in said arnobius he seemed a pretty boy so i cut him down paid his era and took him home and now he is your pupil asked jucundus not yet answered arnobius he is still a day scholar of the old wolf's one is like another he could not change for the better but i am his bully and shall tutorize him some day he's a sharp lad isn't he fermion turning to the boy a great hand at composition for his years better than i am who never shall write latin decently and what can i do i must profess and teach for rome is the only place for the law and these city professorships are not to be despised whom are you attending here asked jucundus dryly <laughs> you are the only man in sicca who needs to ask the question what not know the great polemo of rhodes the friend of plotinus the pupil of theagenes the disciple of thrasyllus the hearer of nicomachus who was of the school of secundus the doctor of the new pythagoreans not feel the presence in sicca of polemo the most celebrated the most intolerable of men that however is not his title but the godlike or the oracular or the portentous or something else as impressive every one goes to him he is the rage i should not have a chance of success if i could not say that i had attended his lectures though i'd be bound our little fermion here would deliver as good he's the very caryophilus of human nature 
he comes to the schools in a litter of cedar ornamented with silver and covered with a lion's skin slaves carrying him and a crowd of friends attending with the state of a proconsul he is dressed in the most exact style his pallium is of the finest wool white picked out with purple his tresses flow with unguent his fingers glitter with rings and he smells like idolium as soon as he puts his foot on earth a great hubbub of congratulation and homage breaks forth he takes no notice his favourite pupils form a circle around him and conduct him into one of the exedrae till the dial shows the time for the lecture here he sits in silence looking at nothing or at the wall opposite him talking to himself a hum of admiration filling the room presently one of his pupils as if he were a preco to the duumvir cries out hush gentlemen hush the godlike no it is not that i have not got it what is his title the bottomless <laughs> that's it the bottomless speaks a dead silence ensues a clear voice and a measured elocution are the sure token that it is the outpouring of the oracle pray says the little man pray which existed first the egg or the chick did the chick lay the egg or the egg hatch the chick then there ensues a whispering a disputing and after a while a dead silence at the end of a quarter of an hour or so our preco speaks again this time to the oracle bottomless man he says i have to represent to you that no one of the present company finds himself equal to answer the question which your condescension has proposed to our consideration on this there is fresh silence and at length a fresh effatum from the hierophant which comes first the egg or the chick the egg comes first in relation to the causativity of the chick and the chick comes first in relation to the causativity of the egg on which there is a burst of applause the ring of adorers is broken through and the shrinking professor is carried in the arms or on the shoulders of the literary crowd to his chair in the lecture-room much as there was in arnobius's description which gratified jucundus's prejudices he had suspicions of his young acquaintance and was not in the humour to be pleased unreservedly with those who satirised anything whatever that was established or was appointed by government even affectation and pretence he said something about the wisdom of ages the reverence due to authority the institutions of rome and the magistrates of sicca do not go after novelties he said to arnobius make a daily libation to jove the preserver and to the genius of the emperor and then let other things take their course <laughs> but you don't mean i must believe all this man says because the decurians have put him here cried arnobius here is this poloimo saying that proteus is matter and that minerals and vegetables are his flock that proserpine is the vital influence and ceres the efficacy of the heavenly bodies that there are mundane spirits and supramundane and then his doctrine about triads monads and progressions of the celestial gods hm said jucundus they did not say so when i went to school 
but keep to my rule my boy and swear by the genius of rome and the emperor i don't believe in god or goddess emperor or rome or in any philosophy or in any religion at all said ornobius what cried jucundus you're not going to desert the gods of your ancestors ancestors said arnobius i've no ancestors i'm not african certainly not punic not libophoenician not canaanite not numidian not gatulian i'm half greek but what the other half is i don't know my good old gaffer you're one of the old world i believe nothing who can there is such a racket and whirl of religions on all sides of me that i am sick of the subject ah the rising generation groaned jucundus you young men i cannot prophesy what you will become when we old fellows are removed from the scene perhaps you're a christian arnobius laughed at least i can give you comfort on that head old grandfather a pretty christian i should make indeed seeing visions to be sure and rejoicing in the rack and dungeon i wish to enjoy life i see wealth power rank and pleasure to be worth living for and i see nothing else well said my lad cried jucundus well said stick to that i declare you frightened me give up all visions speculations conjectures fancies novelties discoveries nothing comes of them but confusion no no answered the youth i'm not so wild as you seem to think jucundus it is true i don't believe one single word about the gods but in their worship was i born and in their worship i will die admirable cried jucundus in a transport well i'm surprised you have taken me by surprise you're a fine fellow you're a boy after my heart i've a good mind to adopt you you see i can't believe one syllable of all the priests trash said arnobius who does not they i don't believe in jupiter or juno or in astarte or in isis but where shall i go for anything better or why need i seek anything good or bad in that line nothing's known anywhere and life would go while i attempted what is impossible no better stay where i am i may go further and gain a loss for my pains so you see i am for myself and for the genius of rome that's the true principle answered the delighted jucundus why really for so young a man surprising where did you get so much good sense my dear fellow i've seen very little of you well this i'll say you are a youth of most mature mind to be sure well such youths are rare nowadays i congratulate you with all my heart on your strong sense and your admirable wisdom who'd have thought it i've always to tell the truth had a little suspicion of you but you've come out nobly capital i don't wish you to believe in the gods if you can't but it's your duty dear boy your duty to rome to maintain them and to rally round them when attacked then with a changed voice he added ah that a young friend of mine had your view of the matter and then fearing he had said too much he stopped abruptly you mean agellius said arnobius you've heard by the by he continued in a lower tone what's the talk in the capital that at rome they are proceeding on a new plan against the christians 
with great success. They don't put to death, at least at once. They keep in prison and threaten the torture. It's surprising how many come over. The Furies seize them, exclaimed Jucundus. They deserve everything bad, always excepting my poor boy. So they are cheating the hangman by giving up their atheism. The vile reptiles giving in to a threat. However, added gravely, I wish threats would answer with Agellius, but I greatly fear that menace would only make him stubborn. That stubbornness of a Christian. Oh, Arnobius, he said, shaking his head and looking solemn, it's a visitation from the gods, a sort of nympholepsia. It's going out, said Arnobius. Mark my words, the frenzy is dying. It's only wonderful it should have lasted for three centuries. The report runs that in some places, when the edict was published, the Christians did not wait for a summons, but swept up to the temples to sacrifice, like a shoal of tunies. The magistrates were obliged to take so many a day, and as the days went on, none so eager to bring over the rest as those who have already become honest men. Nay, not a few of their mystic or esoteric class have conformed. If so, unless Agellius looks sharp, said Jucundus, his sect will give him up before he gives up his sect. Christianity will be converted before him. Oh, don't fear for him, said Arnobius. I knew him at school. Boys differ. Some are bold and open. They like to be men and to dare the deeds of men. They talk freely and take their swing in broad day. Others are shy, reserved, bashful, and are afraid to do what they love, quite as much as the others. Agellius never could rub off this shame, and it has taken this turn. He's sure to outgrow it in a year or two. I should not wonder if, when once he had got over it, he went into the opposite fault. You'll find him a drinker and a swaggerer and a spendthrift before many years are over. Well, that's good news, said Jucundus. I, I, I mean... I'm glad you think he will shake off these fancies. I don't believe they sit very close to him, myself. He walked on for a while in silence. Then he said, uh, That seems a sharp child, Arnobius. Could he do me a service if I wanted it? Does he know Agellius? Know him? answered the other. Yes, and his farm, too. He has rambled round Sicca many is the mile, and he knows the shortcuts and the blind ways and safe circuits what's the boy's name asked jucundus fermion answered arnobius fermion lactantius i say fermion said jucundus to him where are you to be found of a day my boy at class morning and afternoon answered fermion sleeping in the porticoes in midday nowhere in the evening and roosting with arnobius at night and you can keep a secret should it so happen asked jucundus and do an errand if i gave you one i'll give him the stick worse than rupilius if he does not said arnobius a bargain cried jucundus and waving his hand to them he stepped through the city gate and they returned to the afternoon amusements End of chapter eight